Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, incredible soul. I hope that you're having an amazing day wherever you are in the world. Sending you a huge, gigantic hug through the airwaves. Uh, Hoping that you're doing amazing wherever you are in your here and now. We are back with part two with the incredible Jacqueline Olette. Um, She is sharing her incredible story about surviving Lyme disease and all the things that she went through and all the incredible experiences she had and what she learned. So we're going to just dive deeper in this one. We're going to probably touch on, um, if we didn't in in part one, I'm not hundred percent sure, but you know, some of her experiences with, uh, training with different indigenous people, uh, the ancient lineage of the Cairo, I think it's Cairo, um, going to Peru, um, her own healing journey, you know, how she started to get to the other side, uh, the breath of fire, meeting David Lombear Senapass, um, that's how Jacqueline and I met, um, treating all life as sacred, the mantra that she did to have this kind of multidimensional experience. So, you know, we dive a little bit deeper in this one. So there's lots of um, incredible story and wisdom to be shared in this part too. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to support the show, the best thing you can do is one kind act today. If not, take the kindness challenge, which is very simple, three kind acts every single day for a week Um, if you do it please let me know on social media so i know it's working and it would be amazing Um, tag your friends in it and uh, you know just go out there and be kind in, in your community the other thing that you can do is you can leave a review on iTunes. That's super helpful. It helps with the algorithms and all that kind of stuff. Um, the other thing is you can become a patron. And I have uh, tons of gratitude towards Misty Flores, who made a very uh, generous contribution. Thank you so freaking much. It helps a ton. Um, thank you to all my patrons, all of you. Even if like a, you know, a small percentage chip, a buck in the bucket, it goes an immense long way. So um, And it helps spread the show. Um, the other thing that you could easily do is... It's just time code aha moments. Share aha moments on Facebook, on Instagram. Let me know what you loved um, and inspire others to listen uh, to the message that all of that is truly helpful and supportive. So thank you to all of you who are supporting to help me get the word out there. Um, if For those of you guys who want to dive deeper on any of this stuff and you're curious about the heart journey hypnosis activation to basically come into more alignment for your personal uh, mission and fulfillment, uh, we can do those and also one-on-one coaching, um, figuring out you know who you really are removing limiting beliefs and blocks and getting clear on your vision and then giving you all the tools to go attain that vision so if you're interested in something like that just go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching if you go to mattbelair.com you can go sign up for the email list and forward slash lucid dreaming we'll give you a free lucid dreaming ebook and guided audio so you can start lucid dreaming quickly and easily so that's always fun um, and check out uh, David Lone Bear Centipass, lonebearsarts.com. He makes incredible, one-of-a-kind 
jewelry. Um, it's vibrational jewelry for real that creates a, a magnetic electrical charge um, that's measurable. Uh, all of his stuff is absolutely fantastic. So check him out and please support him. We definitely need some help. If, for those of you who you know want to support the show and, and the work, there's a lot over here. So um, anybody out there who wants some help with a, a you know you know um, administrative assistant, uh, web design, graphic, video production, all that stuff, we need it all. I need it all. Um, doing a lot myself, and I want to do so much more. Um, I'm just I, I'm busy. So anybody who wants to help, I would greatly accept it. And uh, also some incredible stuff with David too. So um, lots of really cool things to be looped in, in on if you want to be a part of it and you want to contribute. So that's it. Um, before we get into it, let's just come to a state of peace and coherence. And we just do that by focusing on our breathing. So wherever you are in the world, just taking a deep breath in through your nose. Holding that breath and just set the intention to come to peace and coherence in every part of your mind, body, spirit right now. And just let that breath out slowly with all the worries, all the anxieties, and all the task lists. Just coming to a totally peaceful and present state of focus now. Taking another deep breath in through your nose. Holding that breath and just really just feeling peaceful and present now as you let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Just coming peaceful and present now. Taking in one more deep breath in through your nose. Holding that breath and just letting it out slowly, relaxing completely from the tip of your head to the tip of your toes, remembering that you are cr- uh, connected to spirit, that you're powerful, that you're worthy enough, incredible, miraculous, just as you are. So there we go. We are ready to get into this incredible part two with Jacqueline Olet. Way and um, just to spend some time up there relaxing. And I felt like, wow, you know, I've gone through this whole journey. I never thought I'd be able to be in the mountains again. And, and now here I am in Peru with um, these in, incredible people and just being lifted higher than I ever thought possible. Um, so that was another kind of like milestone, like, okay, I've done this. Like, what else can I do? What else is possible in this life? <laughs> I love it. Well, it's I'm just sitting here fascinated. It's like a like a storybook. I don't even have any questions. I just want you to keep going. Um <laughs> but you know, we're it's 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 like you're coming from a place where there's no hope. Um and and then now coming back into the world in a new way and seeing things differently as you would expect from an experience like that. Um, and so I'm just excited to learn more about the recovery and all the other things that happened. So please continue. Okay. Yeah. Um, sometimes when I say it, it's like, you know, I wrote this letter and then I recovered and I was on this mountain in Peru and it was actually, um, a couple of years, probably two and a half years. Um, I had, I was on treatment, um, for two and a half years and then another, I guess everything kind of seems like it was two and a half year increments. So I was in bed for about two and a half years. And then I was on treatment for two and a half years. Um, And another thing I'll say about that is uh, with the Lyme, they said that I had it and it should have been, you know, I was caught early. It should have been treated and better. But when I went to the Lyme literate doctor, he tested me for co-infections so you can have other things that 
come with a tick bite in addition to Lyme. And so I had Babesia, which is kind of like malaria. So I had that for two and a half years without being diagnosed. And that was a big part of the the problem with the fatigue and, and everything else. Um, so when you have those two together, it's a different treatment. Um, those don't respond to antibiotics. It's more of a, a parasite. So um, once that was uh, diagnosed and treated, I, my um, health came back pretty quickly. Um, but it was about two and a half years of um, antibiotic treatments, which is pretty rough. Um, and at the time, they had a herbal protocol, but I couldn't afford it. It was like $500 a week or something. And here I haven't been working for two and a half years. So as much as I wanted to try the other roots, the, the natural roots, um, I, I couldn't afford to do that. I couldn't figure out how to make enough money um, to do that. So I went the other route. Um, but as I got better, uh, started making jewelry and kind of selling my jewelry, and that was able to to help pay for some of the supplements. Um, so eventually, we just went into more supplements and building my immune system. Um, so that was about two and a half years, and then another um, two and a half years just trying to build my strength and my body back. So, you know, before I had been very active, I was backpacking and climbing. I remember um, looking in the mirror, like, even three weeks after being sick and being like, oh, my gosh, because I used to have, you know, muscles on my neck, and I was just disappearing. And so um, being in bed, all my much muscles atrophied. I was really weak on my, my right side. So... Um, in this, you know, I'm doing the changing my my mind and my attitude, um, working on the physical body just to um, kind of get ahead of, of the Lyme and um, and then connecting in with the spiritual place. So trying to, they all fit together, um, but kind of working on all those realms. Like if I just stayed working on that physical realm, I don't think I'd still be here. Um, so a lot of my recovery, I did um, a couple years of neuro rehab. So I had to, um, they kind of helped me to walk again. I, somebody, I got mad, but somebody in my family said that I walked like an old man because like my right side was weaker. So I was kind of like stumbling and, and walking. It was just so hard to, to move. Um, but I did the cognitive therapy, speech therapy, um, some physical therapy to get my body back into shape. Um, I had to do driving therapy <laughs> to uh, learn how to drive again, and I had to take a driving test <laughs> all over um, with my cognitive therapist in the back and then one of the driving testers in the front and, you know, I had to parallel park. I never do that, so like so nervous, but had to do that. I had to do vision therapy. Um, so I had this whole team of people helping me to uh, bring this whole body back together and to function again. Um, I had to do a lot of like trying to remember things like how to get my memory back, learning strategies for those places that um, I haven't been able to rewire yet. Um, a lot of uh, fine motor um, 
was really hard to use my right hand. Like my right hand was affected more than my left. Um, so I couldn't even hold a, like a mug up to my mouth. And so I started using my left hand a little more, um, but I had to do a lot of strength work. And I remember um, I was in the physical therapy and they had me, they like strap your hands and you have to like pedal this little bike and but as for your arms and I was doing that and like struggling with it and the woman she was filling in with my um, therapist that was usually there and she was a rec therapist so she's like oh wow you're doing great <laughs> like oh, shut up this isn't great you know I used to paddle for 10 days at a time <laughs> you know this is like actually horrible and um, so we got talking about paddling and she got me into this program where they take people, um, they considered my injuries from Lyme, a brain injury. Um, so I did a lot with the brain injury groups. And so I went kayaking, canoeing, um, and snowboarding too. Uh, they took me snowboarding to help with my, <laughs> my balance. <laughs> all things um that's a whole other story but those are some of the things I did physically to to bring my body back um but I continued studying with the the people in Peru um friended some of the Caro and they were able to come up to New Hampshire and Maine and I got to learn a lot more about you know their teachings and their energy medicine and working with the the light body and just dove really deep into into those teachings and like some of the breath work and different things that they shared and it was just incredible I've seen so much transformation for myself and with other people and it just it's baffling it baffled me because you know like here just using our breath and our body and like shifting the way our mind sees things and that's bringing healing um, and they're looking at your life, like not just your life, but like many lifetimes in the past and the present and the future. And, you know, with the, the route that I had gone first, I was like, okay, I have this illness that I got. And, you know, like looking at such a small slice of my life. Um, but with the, the care, I was able to look at like this much bigger picture and kind of work on my healing from, from that place. And, um, that was just, in, just incredible, um, incredible work. So I would say that was, um, that was huge. And it got me to a place in, um, 2012 where I was like, okay, this is it. You know, I've, I've healed, I've gone way beyond what the doctors ever thought possible. And, you know, here I am, and I practiced the energy medicine. I went back to uh, leading retreats, did them um, instead of climbing huge mountains. We did small, uh, just canoeing out to an island. I played my crystal singing bowls, more like slowing down and connecting with the earth and more on the inner work and meditation and breath and, um, and that experience. And um, that was, I still do that. It's, just I just love it <laughs> why not slow down and just sit down in the earth and like put your feet in the water um, I was missing those parts before so really focusing on that and then in 2012 that's where I got connected with the star teachings and 
Um, that's how I met you through the star teachings. The, I had gotten to another point where it was like, okay, well, you know, here I am and this is what I'm, what I am and this is what I'm doing. And then I end up going and listening to David speak, David Lover Senapath. And now all of these um, words that he was saying was kind of like making connections in my brain about my entire life, like how all of this somehow made sense and that I was actually in the right place. And, um, and with those teachings, it, it took me even further than, than I thought. So um, more working with community and um, understanding myself through acts of kindness and interacting with other people in a different way, um, looking at kindness as a vibration. And um, so I, I went further into uh, the study of, you know, we have this light body and this energy body and the way that we see the world and the perspectives and and then going further into like, well, there's a vibration of kindness and compassion and happiness. Um, and then I remember talking with David, I still had some pain like in my, uh, in my body, mostly in my back. I had a hard time sitting and standing and I said, well, can you heal me? <laughs> can, you know, like, I've done all this work. I've gotten this far. And, like, in my mind, like, that's as far as I was going to get. And, and he said, well, I probably could. But then you wouldn't learn how to do it yourself. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, that's not the answer I was looking for. But um, it kind of gave me this idea, like, oh, I don't have to stop here. I can keep going. And. I had heard about um, Shokai uh, martial art that he was a master of, and I uh, wasn't ready to go to any of the classes yet. Um, they were by invite only, and um, David would do certain things like uh, lift up his hand or like do something or bump into me, and I would react in such a way like I would run and kind of like hide in the corner of the, the kitchen and kind of go into a fetal position. and. Um, it's just, you know, from things that happened earlier in my life, that's the way that I would respond to somebody being kind of like confrontational or, or standing up or like raising their hand or so um, he said that we would work on that and somehow that would help my energy, it would help my healing. And so we just kind of did that like, um, not actually in a class, I didn't see it as training but it actually was, so working with my reaction. And then uh, eventually I was able to, to start into some classes and um, work more on the, the physical body. Um, before I actually could go into the class, I worked with a mind-body strength trainer, and um, my muscles were just so, they had been so atrophied in my back that like my body was just like not balanced out at all. So she helped me to build my core strength back up and, um, I kind of sit like, you know, with my shoulders rolled in and she talked about how that's really, you know, like protecting your heart. And so I could like, um, as I was doing that, like heart healing kind of work that I could you know, open my shoulders up and, and stand more, more tall. And um, with all of that, that work um, coming, it's just like more and more of me each time, like coming into this body, into this time, into this place, 
it's like I don't know where I was <laughs> before, but it's like more and more and more of me is is coming in. Um, so I think the the shokai, the martial arts, the energy of water um, has definitely helped me to to be here more to be able to respond rather than react to situations so um it's kind of like if you imagine a river and just how that water moves and and how it just moves around a rock if somebody is like throwing a fist or throwing some words then you know you can just be that rock and let that kind of flow by and that's been um, extremely helpful in in my continued journey through this life. So awesome! Well, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I, I'm curious about I'm curious about a lot of things, but I want to keep it um, kind of aligned to what you were sharing. Um, your training. I'm just curious what what uh, if there were similarities or differences with training with two different indigenous cultures so i think that you know going to peru and uh studying indigenous cultures uh, as you and i both have they're very mysterious um and you and i were together when we went and we met the zuni elder with also a twenty thousand year history david's history is twenty thousand years old you know i'm not sure what you learned from the caro 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 <laughs> the caro um but it's ancient lineage and it's you know it's very mysterious and compelling and uh if you research this kind of stuff it's you're you're wondering what the heck it's all about and um so i'm just curious if you can speak a little bit on either similarities or differences of where they get their wisdom from and what it was like what you what you learned from them um and then some of the questions that i think that people would maybe want to know is like you know what advice would you have for somebody who might be struggling with something like a terminal illness or a, a disease where they're stuck and they're, you know, to the point of facing their death or even something more mild and, um, you know, the most important things you learn from those experiences? Yeah. Um, with the, the Caro, um, I don't speak Quechua <laughs> or Spanish, <laughs> understand very little. Um, but the the teachings that they have um what i've learned has been translated through other other people into english for me to understand in that sense and um in another sense it goes way beyond words like you don't need words if you're ex you know in that experience um the caro what i studied they talk a lot about this energy bubble so the Pakpo, <laughs> this energy bubble that we live in, um, it's that bubble that tells our physical body what to do. And um, all, all the work that, that you're doing is um, looking at maybe imprints or prints within the energy field. So if you experience something earlier in this lifetime or even in another lifetime, because you carry this energy bubble with you into the different um, lives, then if you have something that hasn't been fully cleared or processed, then it becomes this imprint. And so in your life now, you may be um, rerunning that program. So they're working to help you to, um, to, what, to gather whatever that wisdom or knowledge is from that imprint or to process what that is. And then that, that clears it. And so that's like the healing 
Um, so it's looking at whatever has happened differently. Um, you know, it could be uh, sometimes somebody gets in a car accident and it, it's traumatic and um, but every year on that same date, they kind of get into another car accident. So it's kind of like you have that imprint and it kind of keeps going, whether it's yearly or um, through lifetime. So that's a lot of um, what we worked with with them. Um, the differences, I think, you know, I hear David talk a lot about this, uh, our energy field and electricity and it feels like we're talking about uh, the same things, except from kind of this different angle. Like um, David comes from a very scientific angle where you can measure things. And um, it's like almost like it comes from the mind, like you have to understand it in the mind where uh, the caro felt more, I guess with like lack of <laughs> better words, like more heart. Um, it's more like feeling and um, they don't have like a science that proves anything they they just do it and that's what they've done for thousands of years um, so it just it it feels like the same sorts of things and um, what I hear from the caro you know there is the the kindness and the compassion but they don't even really think to talk about it. It's just something that they do. So when I had um, I had Don Francisco here in Maine and Yarmouth in one of my favorite parks, <laughs> and he was just going off and like introducing himself and talking to people, and he has a little bit of English, but he just wanted to interact with everybody and, and invite them to what we were doing. Um, so it just you know that's how he is he's kind in that way so they don't even think about talking about it because <laughs> that's just you know how they are and part of their culture um, so I think you know where we're coming from in this culture is a little bit different like maybe to point out kindness is something that we need and um, but then you know on top of that like from David's angle, you can actually measure it. So it's like a measurable, measurable thing, a measurable vibration. Um, so they're talking about, they're both talking about vibration, but I think from a different angle. Um, and then as far as, I wonder if there's more I could share on that. Um, I think the focus in the work that I've done with um, the people in, in Peru and, um, you know, I've worked with a small number, so, you know, different people can be focused on different things. It felt like they were really focused on the way that we change the world is by changing ourselves, which is similar, um, but their focus is on these illuminations and um, clearing those patterns within your own personal energy field. There wasn't as much talk about, you know, the global community, but just that um, their wisdom is needing to be shared um, for each individual to be kind of their best. Um, I had something else I wanted to say. Oh, the, the other similarity is the, you know, the, 
like they both come from mountains. They're both kind of like legends. <laughs> you know, the, the Carol predate the Inca. They were, um, when the Spanish came, they went up into the high mountains and, and held all this wisdom. They, they kept it sacred. They uh, continued the teachings, practicing and praying, and they were not touched by the outside world. Um, I think somebody from National Geographic maybe found them in the 50s, uh, but it wasn't until 1950 that they came down and started sharing. And then um, David, you know, spent his time on a mountain and he was protected and um, kind of hidden and, um, and was there and didn't come down from that mountain to start sharing really until 2012. So, um, you know, within David's culture, he's kind of a legend. People um, aren't sure if he really exists at <laughs> sometimes, you know. And then the the Caro were, you know, they were up in the mountains for so long that people had stories about them, but um, they had been gone so long that they were a legend. So now these people are coming down from those mountains and, and starting to, to share. Uh, the Caro are saying, um, some of the things that I've heard is that they want to share their wisdom, they're forgetting, and they want to help us to remember so that when they forget, we can help them remember. So their teachings are coming down from the mountain. They want to share them all over the world. Um, they kind of talk about the same thing where these masters aren't being born into their culture anymore. Um, they're kind of like out in the world and we're in a time where there's not going to be those like masters anymore. That's a spiritual awakening for all of the planet um, with David and him. Uh, his, you know, he's a sage and he's the last one. And so, you know, there's, there is no more. They're coming, they're both coming down to share this with the world and it's kind of up to us, you know, do we take it and what do we do with it? Um, so those are some, some parallels. Um, as far as advice, I think having hope um, was one of the biggest things that I had. Um, and that was, you know, given to me by somebody that had gone through a similar experience and um, I did hold on to that. The other thing, you know, when I went to the doctor that actually helped me, the first thing he said to me, he said, do you believe that you can heal? And I said, yes. And he said, you think you can get better? I said, yes. And he said that a doctor is a teacher. He's there to help teach me about my body, but it was up to me. And if I didn't believe it, then he couldn't help me. And uh, I think the we have to be careful with the the people that we do have helping us. Um, you know, when I hear David speak and when I hear Ray Wrightsey, they say, you know, don't believe me, do your own research. There's a certain place where that empowerment is. Like, there's people who are, are guides and they've gone through experiences and they have things to share. But ultimately, it's, you know, how do you spark your own light how do you find that thing inside of you that that keeps you going forward i recently started talking with other people who have had some um 
like really in, intense experiences with Lyme and have been able to get through it. Um, a lot of them talk about near-death experiences, um, talking to you know other voices, having the choice to be here, um, and then just taking that uh, like taking that power back themselves to to be able to move forward and and to find their own healing. So um, I think that's that's really important too. It kind of starts with the decision. Like, do you want it and or do you willing to do to get it? Yeah, thanks. I think that's um, such an important piece, you know, of the own your own empowerment, because um, there are different techniques and healings and things like that. But you know, it reminds me of like the Zen master. I was doing some coaching last <laughs> week, and and it's like, you know, what's the process? And coming from sports background, there is protocol. You know what I mean? I can go ham on the protocol and be like, do all this, and you're going to get a result, which is a, um, you know which is a real thing, but it doesn't, you know, it's like finding your own learning is the best thing. So you ask a Zen master, you know, what is enlightenment? And they smack you with the stick, you know, there's <laughs> like, and, and it's that idea of just, you know, empowering yourself, but also seeking, you know, good guidance and techniques. And I think that what I'm curious about is a couple of things. One is if you can share any of the techniques, either from the Caro or David that they showed you, like somebody that's listening to this and they want to maybe explore a little bit of those techniques, maybe you could share that. Um, and then second follow-up question I'm curious about is um, what is the most, and you can maybe, what is the most um, empowering or wild or um, empowering or wild experience you had with either of them or both like some experiences that was like, holy crap, like that was intense. And I know you guys are for real. <laughs> yeah, I have a few of those. Um, I also haven't shared them very much. Um, the, um, I think the breath work, uh, some of the breath work is, has been the most, um, like powerful thing kind of on your own to do. And I can't do that right now. <laughs> um, but with the, the Caro, I learned a fire breath um, kind of breathing. And um, also with, with David, I've learned another breathing technique and they're both similar and um, both really powerful if you, if you practice them. So uh, the one that I learned from the the caro I did uh, twice a day I think um, and with the caro it's the, what I studied the most were their rites and initiations so um, there are like energetic seeds that are passed from um, one person to another that's been initiated and when I worked with Don Francisco and he came here, that's a lot of what he he shared. Um, so those uh, are, I guess, part of their prophecy that they would bring these out to the world and, and they would be shared. And um, he would tell us to give them to your friends, give them to your, your family, and um, kind of share them that way. So that's more of like a person-to-person -person kind of transmission thing that was the like the moon key that was powerful for me um as far as like 
the the way that they kind of taught me to walk through the world it's just you know to be aware um to say hello you know to the people around you um to kind of walk in a way that it's always it's always a ceremony it's not just you know when you're sitting and doing a despacho or a fire they do those and those are powerful um but the what don francisco told us especially is that you just you carry your heart with you and everything is that ceremony you're always walking in ceremony that's your um, what you practice to to do to be and um, their language is very mythical um, it's very like story so um, the way that you can understand what the what the message is and what they're saying is kind of on this um, soul level kind of a place so um, with David I think you know the most powerful thing is to practice the acts of kindness and um, it seems so simple and yet I find myself still like oh you know thinking about it and if we get to a place where we're not thinking about it anymore like as a human family on the planet I think this whole world would be different um, but for now just keeping that that practice so that kindness is that ceremony that you're practicing as you walk through your everyday wherever you are whatever you're doing um the some of the like most powerful experiences i've had i had uh an illumination is what it would be called and an illumination is a combination of um it's like I was breathing and um, I've had several and they've all been pretty powerful. Um, but uh, illumination is more like uh, like an energy session or something you would think like that. And um, Don Francisco, especially, he was, uh, you know, saying certain prayers, their language is vibrational. And so just like, the words that were that were coming like somehow I could feel them in my body and so I just go through this uh breathing and he was um using like a water like flower water essence and just kind of like spraying that over my body while I was breathing and he asked me you know where do you want to go and more like you know what do I want what do I want in my family and my health and he goes through five things um, that are all connected. So what he's trying to do is to help you to make a shift. And if you make a one little shift in one of those areas and the way that you see it, then it shifts your entire universe and how you relate to the universe. Um, so all the, the space in between the, the things, that's what we're working with. And, so we went through this session maybe 45 minutes or an hour. Um, so I'm kind of like holding what it is that I want and, and breathing and um, just imagining for myself the biggest thing that I've wanted is my health, you know, my health back. And so to imagine 
what it is like to feel healthy. So that was my intention and my direction. And then he was just guiding me through that to hold that and to kind of release whatever isn't in alignment with that. And after we're done with that, um, there's something that happened that it made my entire, um, it was like I could see and feel and hear every blade of grass and like each blade of grass had a different sound but it all kind of sounded the same and they're all singing the same song like all the blades of grass and all the rocks had this sound and I could see their vibration but I could feel it and hear it and it's like a whole experience that I couldn't almost even divide the differences between those senses um, and then the water so uh, the water I saw was like all these little tiny bubbles and each little bubble had its sound and all the the water together had a like a song that sang together and then all of this was in harmony with the blades of grass and the rocks and the the clouds and it was just like oh my gosh like you know in such bliss because my body felt great like no pain there's no like um my mind wasn't even uh it was just kind of like curious, like, I wonder how that blade of grass is singing that. <laughs> like, that's really cool. You know, I wonder what I sound like. <laughs> and just like observing. And I was in that state for about three days, just um, in this like place of everything is a vibration. It's all kind of interacting and talking to me. And, um, and it all just sounded so good and felt so good together. And I've had a similar experience. Um, I think with, uh, I mean, there's so many that I could share. I don't know what's the best ones, but maybe more on, um, David talks sometimes about healing and, you know, you can't heal somebody else. And, you know, if you could, maybe it's like, uh, if they've lost a finger, can you put it back on and that, and that's healing. Um, but a community, he says a community, or I think more than three can heal someone and, um, I've kind of, you know, I've explored healing and what that means. And um, for me, it has been, you know, multi-level thing. So it had to start like in the spirit realm and me wanting it and then shifting my mind and then finding the things in the physical world to support that. Um, but I was talking about that time in 2012 where I kind of had hit that wall and I still had pain, I still had weakness, but I was like, hey, you know, I made it this far, I hiked the mountains in Peru, and like, you know, I'm living, <laughs> I'm really living, <laughs> and um, I was at a tea, and the community had come together, and we were all looking in the same direction, we were working together, we were so excited, and it opened this place for David to actually do some further teachings, so we have the teas at our community gatherings, but these are actually teaching teas where David taught us some of the breath work, um, working with blue light, um, some of the chants and some different things. And at this one particular tea, I think there were somewhere between 30 and 50 people. <laughs> My memory doesn't do so well with that, but it was a big group of people. And he asked me to get in the center and he had taught a bee's breath and the bee's breath is kind of like a chant um, it's a breath through the mouth and 
um, makes a vibration. So he was helping them to get on different notes and kind of do these different things. And then he had them put all their hands on me. So the entire group was doing that. So they're doing the bee's breath, vibrating, and then placing their hands on me and directing that towards me. And they did that for a while. And I had that same feeling, you know, where my body just starts vibrating. And um, I just felt like supercharged with energy, like being filled with electricity or something, but not that it hurt. It just was filling me. And then they kind of all stepped away and it was like, all I could see was light. And um, it was just, just so bright and I felt so clear and like energized. And I sat down and they kind of like went on with the teachings and I was sitting there like, what just happened? Like, what is that? What is this? What is going on? And then somebody next to me was like, you're glowing. You're actually glowing. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I was like, but it's cool. And so that tea ended and um, I had forgotten about this until I went back and read my journal and I have like pages and pages where I say, I don't, I've never, I haven't had this much energy in a really long time because I was still like needing a nap in the afternoon. Couldn't, I slept from like nine to nine and then I had to sleep in the afternoon. I was still pretty tired. Um, but this kind of like, um, jolted me and I had so much energy that I didn't know what to do with it. So I remember like, I had been walking maybe a mile or two um, twice a day trying to get my body back and I had so much energy that I started running. I remember running a mile and then being like, oh, I'm so sore, but that was so awesome and I still have like all this energy um, and it was like somehow it cleared my mind and what was going on and uh, gave me that energy to go beyond that wall. So. I never thought, even at that time when I was like, I hiked a mountain in Peru, I didn't think I could run again. I thought, you know, like that was the old me. That's, But um, since then I've been able to, to run and then to keep going. So now I can run seven miles if I wanted to. Um, so that was a really, uh, really powerful kind of uh, gift from the community. Like they jump-started me to, to go the next step in my life and I'm um, really grateful for it, and I don't know if anybody else remembers that, but I sure do. It's powerful. That's amazing. <clears throat> okay, so what is making me think of um, that I think is important is like these are, you know, you've had direct experiences that will say, quote unquote, are mystical, right? And especially, the, you know, the challenge is, is if somebody is listening to this and they are ill, um, they are like, okay, look, we're opening up an idea that you can. Um, have an experience that will support you in a mystical side. Um, and then, you know, hanging out with David, he's just like, got to be really careful about that mystical stuff because there's a lot of horse crap out there. And so, you know, he made me do research on uh, James Randi and um, people basically will talk about these different ways where you could have a mystical experience or things like that, but they might not have that same credibility. Now, even in the indigenous cultures, which I think that are, is totally different because their history is different, their culture is different, their way of life is so different. Um, you know, you had a, a good experience with the Caro and, and powerful teachings. Um, but now within, because I get a lot of the inquiries about um, ayahuasca and things like that, right, and, and these different tribes. And now I have become aware that not all of it is of the same caliber. 
not all of it is good. So that's why you really got to um, take responsibility for your own health, for your own ideas, for your own healing, for your own spiritual growth, for all of it. Um, but that being said, um, when we're looking at like having a, you, you had a direct mystical experience. And when somebody is like, you know, and I, I've had them too, I've had several. And I wanted to expand my consciousness. I wanted to expand my mind. Like there's more to life than just this physical reality. Like I'm a spirit, like I need to know that, you know, I need to know <laughs> it. And then all of a sudden, you know, it changes the frame of the light spectrum, a high energy state. Um, who knows what the heck happens, but you're like, okay, holy crap, I'm in it. It's different. It's kind of connecting vibrationally it like through how you feel and, and perceive it just changes it. And now, you know, you're like, okay, cool. That was mystical. Um, then you got to come back to regular 3D world and your job and all your problems and all that kind of stuff. But you have this, you know, you knew it before you have the mystical experience, you know it then. And then, you know, more. And um, in Zen, it will talk about like, you're not supposed to meditate to try to get something. You're not supposed to go to this thing to try to have the experience. It's like that might happen as a byproduct of the work. It could happen. But if you're seeking just that, then you're kind of missing the idea. So in having those experiences, I think my question is for you is like, once you had the, cause that sounds really cool with the care of like seeing everything sing and orchestrate, like it sounds amazing. And, and, you know, me still being explored, I'm like, I want that. That sounds fun. I want to experience that. <laughs> um, you know how, well, first of all, I'm always like, how do I do that? Like, first of all, if there's a way for me to recreate it, I want to test it and I want to do it. Cause that sounds awesome. Um, but I'm curious what you feel about the pursuit of like, mystical experiences having those right and then what you brought back and what like the lesson was you know do you think it's important if people want to have this healing or they want to seek spiritually to have that mystical experience do you feel like um it's okay not to do you like what do you, you can you take what i just rambled there and give a response to it <laughs> sure cool. <Love> to. Um, <laughs> yeah i think um I've had kind of mystical experiences my whole life. And um, so, you know, in meeting David and being in the star teachings, it's really grounded me a lot. So I actually enjoy being here on this planet and this earth and this time and way more than I ever have before. Um, I think in in the place that I was like experiencing so much pain in my physical body and in my mind that I couldn't actually find a way out of it without going to like a next level or a higher level to see what was actually going on and to recognize that, you know, maybe this is my thoughts and maybe this is something that I've created. So in that sense, it has helped me. It has helped me to, to feel whatever that peace or that harmony is. Um, I, I feel like as a, a human and having this experience that um, we kind of go between that, um, you know, you have your life and you have pains and, and things happen. Um, and then you have like the other side and, and good things that are happening. And we have this incredible ability to sense and to feel and, um, a lot of times what people are seeking is this, uh, like feeling, um, you know, like a lot of the, 
uh, drugs and psychedelics and, and things like that. Um, at least for me, I explored that for, it was like a, a different feeling looking for, for spirit and not finding it there. But after becoming sick and having these other experiences, it's like, it gives me the sense that, okay, the like spirit is there. And so am I, and, and here we are in this life. And um, so it, it feels like we're always kind of seeking that, um, that spirit, but seeking it in a way, a human way of, of feeling. Um, as far as, you know, I can recreate those um, experiences, and sometimes I do, and I have to learn how to shut them off. Um, but, like, a lot of, like, maybe in the beginning you have somebody helping you or guiding you and guiding your, your breath or... Um, guiding you to kind of look at something a little bit differently or asking you questions at a certain place so that you can kind of shift and have that experience. But I think once that you do, you can go back to it. So um, I had that experience with uh, more than once with what they called the illumination. Some were Caro, some were people that had studied with Alberto Violdo who had studied with the Caro. Um, so there were different people um, and all of it. I was breathing and I was relaxing. I was a participant. It's, um, they don't teach it as like somebody doing this to you. It's like you have to participate in, in that breathing and uh, maybe holding a mental image or something. Um, David had taught some of the chants. And so sometimes when I do those, it kind of activates that again, like that vibration feeling or that, um, yeah, I don't even know how to describe it, that mystical experience that kind of comes back through, I think, breath and sound. I found that those seem to be the strongest ones, at least for me, that, that trigger that. Um, I remember being all like angry at something one day and David told me to go run. And I'm like, why do I want to run, you know, when I'm angry? And I ran, there's a small, small mountain, it's, you know, a couple miles and it goes, uh, trail goes up and then down onto the beach. And I ran as hard as I could. And there's so many mosquitoes that I couldn't even stop because they're all just eating me. <laughs> so I'm like running and so I'm like to get my mind off the run and off the mosquitoes, I'm going to do this chant. So I kind of was chanting and running. And then I got out, uh, opened up to the beach. So I went through the forest, opens up to the beach and there's uh, it's a sandy beach, the water, the ocean. So the ocean had just had been high tide, really high tide, and it was going out. It was morning, sunrise. And so the sun was heating up the water on the sand and kind of evaporating it. So it was all um, mystical and, you know, foggy. And I was the only one there. And so I just continued that chant, and I laid down on the sand, and... Uh, I could feel like as I was chanting, I could feel the vibration in my teeth and then in the back of my head. And since I was laying on that sand, it was like the sand was vibrating with me and kind of making my back vibrate. And then something happened that kind of triggered my whole body into that. So again, I'm looking out and I see the, the fog or the mist and I can see every little like particle within the, the fog and it's vibrating and I can see it and hear it and feel it. It's that same kind of experience and seeing the granite, there's this old granite and can see and hear that. And 
every little grain of sand is just vibrating and singing and I'm like, Oh, I feel so good. You know? And, uh, I was there for a while. It seemed like 10 or 15 minutes and I'm like, okay, I'm going to head back. And then, um, I went back and I'd been there almost a whole day and I watched as the fog kind of like disappeared and uh, the sun came out and nobody was there. And I went back, you know, back over the trail and I still, was able to hold that like that vibrational feeling um just where it's like I could see in the fog like um almost like a presence of something in the fog and in the rocks and and in the trees and so I can hold that until I get back to like driving the car and you know the everyday stuff it's like still there but not as as present uh have to function and um so I think, you know, if we have those things like uh, breath work that you can practice um, or some sort of like, uh, like I like the crystal bowls. Sometimes I play those and it kind of activates that feeling again. Um, but if it, if I do it and it kind of like goes on too much, it's almost like it's too much information and I have to kind of like shut it down. Like I just want to, you know, have a cheeseburger and watch TV now. <laughs> Like, I want to just, you know, be a human and, and be good right now. Um, so I think that, you know, once you do have that experience, you have a pathway to it. It's just um, finding that pathway and how do you practice it and, and what, do you, what do you want to do it for? <laughs> well, that's, that sounds amazing. And what it makes me think of is my friend Anders is just, he's just gone to Egypt. He actually is podcast number one, my homie Anders. Awesome. Shout out. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, he went to Nepal. We, we had both been to Nepal. Actually, we, we linked up when we were in, I think we were in Thailand or something. Um, but he is, he had gone to Nepal and he was doing hikes and, you know, he was talking about basically hiking a whole day and doing a chant and how he had a really wild experience. And we kind of discussed whether it was the chant, whether it was the environment, like maybe there's like portals on the planet and you go through in these Tibetan portals and you're in a higher energy state. Um, you know, he, he, he recently moved into a house and he was able to find the electromagnetic field and there's positive and negative ones, not to be mistaken with good or bad, as David has also shared, they're just different. Um, you know, they just have a different energy. And he found out that his was in a, is in this little nook of a positive energy field. Um, and so my question is, um, you know, so when you're saying that, like there's people who've done chants, like it's in yoga, you know, they've got the chants and things like that. For me as a like an explorer, I'm curious, are you allowed to share like what that chant was or any of the processes? Or is it like martial arts or something where it's like, look, you don't try the advanced kick before you basically do this because you're going to explode <laughs> yourself. You know what I mean? Like it's, you're not ready for that. You know what I mean? Start with a basic little tiny thing before you move on. Is it, is it, can you share that? Cause I'm curious and I'm sure people would be because even when people listen and the point of this podcast is we're looking for pathways, I'm looking for pathways and there's so much noise out there. Right. And the intention with this is to find good quality pathways that are safe from real teachers. And I'm, and I'm just wondering if it's appropriate for you to share any of that stuff. Cause I know with some of David's stuff um, in spending the summer and you are actually one of my martial arts teachers was which was really interesting and doing martial arts my whole life shokai is you know it's a you know more about it than i do but it's like an ancient system and very different than anything that i had done before you know it's a 
martial arts is always providing a new perspective and point of view and way to develop the self. And this was even more of a new way to develop the self um, in, in different ways and different understandings. So I'll leave it at that and just, or can you, if you can share something, I don't know. You can let me know. Yeah, appropriate. I can, I can ramble on that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Yes. Um, yeah. So some of the chants that David has shared with us are um, like a bee's breath or a hummingbird breath. So it's like a little bit of a sound and I can't pretend to even really do it. <laughs> um, but we, we practice those in the teas in the community um, in Shokai, in some of those classes, um, we did a few classes that were more focused on the inner light and inner energy, and we did some chants with, with those, and um, it kind of gives us like a little bit to practice, and then we practice in the group so that it's almost like you can feel if you're doing it right or not, and it's supposed to be like hitting a certain place in like in your body. So um, some of the, the sounds, like one maybe uh, was E, just making that sound E. But I found when I practice on my own that uh, I don't know like what the, the pitch or the tone or, you know, am I doing this right? And then um, what I found with the chance is that if you're just making the sound and then seeing where it it kind of affects the body. Um, so I don't know enough to be able to, to teach that. Um, but the one that I was doing when I ran over that little mountain, um, I think comes from maybe Kundalini Yoga. It's uh, Rama Dasa, Sase So, huh? I think. And I was um, just practicing it and then like noticing the vibration and then you know as I noticed the vibration and where it was hitting my body I could change it a little bit so like feeling where it was in my throat I could change it to see you know is it going in my ears is it you know hitting up here is it in my lungs is it down lower so I think with the the chance specifically from the star teachings and shokai they're um they're ancient and like very very ancient and they're to affect different parts of the body in, in different ways so i don't know if that's helpful kind of <laughs> <laughs> well is it well basically i'm wondering if there's a simple one people could experiment to have a little bit of an experience in a safe manner um i'd say uh yeah i don't i don't feel like i know enough to be able to to teach it or to share it you know in this way um you know that's kind of disappointing <laughs> <laughs> yes it is but that's, but that's okay you know like um i don't know i have to still write and talk a little bit more about you know spending the summer with david or what whatever and getting like like try to wrap my brain around that experience, you know, cause it's little bit and little bit. It's just trying to find, um, uh, you know, an action plan for somebody who wants to, to dive deeper. And there, there is information out there, but what I've learned is in even doing the, the summer of Shokai, it's like bit by bit, 
And um, so if there's like a stepping stone or a process that people can do, um, one of them that I can share if people feel like they want to do something is David shared the candle meditation, which is simply just meditating with a candle. So that's one technique that you can practice. Um, and then looking at chants and mantras um, and things like that, and just experimenting on your own and trying to figure out what, where the source is coming from, why you're doing it, and if you can do it with a group that's credible. So that gives like a little bit of a little bit of an action plan, and then you know you can go out to Maine and uh, get some one-on-one -on -one star teachings. But I remember when I went there for the summer, all I wanted was the technique and do it. You know what I mean? It's like very kind of masculine way of like okay what do i do here do i do i run for two and then this and this and this um but it seems to be that these ancient teachings are like little bit by little bit if you're um if you're committed to learning kind of like i imagine as mr miyagi and all those old ancient teachers where you just got to go sit on their doorstep in the rain you know and you're trying to get this old master to teach you something but they want to know that you know if you're doing it for the right reasons if you're committed to doing the work and if or if you're just looking for that quick fix because culturally that's what we're kind of conditioned to do right now is is not really commit not really think about what you're doing in a way get that quick pill or whatever the case and it's all hunky dory and life is magical you know and from their culture it's very very different um so if something comes up you want to share further on that you may um but i'm we got about 10 minutes left before i gotta go so i want to make sure that i ask this because i think it's important um you do women's empowerment and uh i think that's really amazing work i think we need lots of that all over the world um and i'm just curious when you work with women or you see women culturally what are some ways that um you hope to empower them is it is there their specific beliefs or there things that happen in the physiology um is there common problems that you see not problems but like say limitations you know like i can't you know maybe a limiting belief that you find common and and some processes uh that help with that um just kind of generally rant on that if you wish. yeah i can rant a little bit um yeah i think uh I mean, if I'm working individually with women, they have certain specific things that they're working on. And um, usually what we're doing is taking the focus. Um, a lot of times people in general put uh, kind of like put the power on the outside, like to the outside world. And so it's more about bringing that back in and, and helping them to realize that, you know, they can make shifts or changes. It's like, I have a lot of women that come in and they want their son to, to change. So they want me to do something that will make their son or daughter change. And then what we work on is kind of flipping that around and just looking at the, the relationship and where that person is and how um, they can see more clearly like what that relationship is because you can't really change anybody else. You can change yourself and through that it may, you know, change the, the relationship or the outward sense of it. Um, when I work with groups, a lot of times like um, we'll go out maybe canoe to an island or go somewhere kind of rustic and uh, away from the phones and, away from the computers and just kind of connect in and, and slow down a little bit. And usually what I do is just listen, I listen to what the group is talking about. I listen to what they're not saying. 
Um, and a lot of times just bringing uh, the group of women together from um, like youngers to olders, like in all, in all ranges of, of age, just putting people together and, and listening to their stories and um, where they're coming from and kind of what their, their struggles are. Um, kind of I work to try to empower each one to um, to like believe believe in themselves and um, to be able to to share like so many are afraid to use their voice um, even in a small group setting they have amazing things to share and perspectives uh, but they hold that back a lot. So a lot of what I do is holding that sacred space, that container, and we just practice like using that voice and, and sharing it. Um, there's there's just so many different places within, you know, some people in their in their work setting. Um, it's still not quite like equal for men and women and even in like self-employment and how people get paid and, you know, kind of like real world stuff like that. Um, so sometimes we're in those realms. Um, but mostly what I'm trying to do is just empower them to, to go within, to find their own answers, to find their own direction, um, to realize their own purpose and not be counting on anybody else to tell them those things, um, empowering them to really go for their, their dreams and what they really want. That sounds awesome. Thanks mm -hmm. for doing that. Yeah. Um, well, you know, there, I, I wanted to touch on like Shokai a little bit more and, and then a bunch of other stuff. Um, but you know, time is getting limited so you can speak on that, whatever you wish. So that's why I want to open it up just in case there's something you want to open up to, but I just wanted to thank you for coming on and sharing your story. Uh, thank you for your um, decision to stay with us rather than peacing out when you had the opportunity. <laughs> um, so yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that story. And I think it's going to be really empowering for people going through a diff difficult situation because um, in that situation, I imagine that you would seek hope. You know, I've had some pretty challenging experiences in my life. I don't think that they're on the scale I don't think it's close to the scale that you have and they were challenging when I was going through them. So I have a lot of admiration and respect for your perseverance and um, everything that you went through. Um, I'm curious, as I always do, you can open up and rant on anything you want. If there's something you wish that I asked, if there's something that you wanted to cover deeper, if you think there's something important to say, uh, please feel free to elaborate as long as you wish. And the last question that I would just ask is just, what do you think for you, um, would be the top one to three things that you learned going through all of that process. If you were going to either share it to yourself going through the disease or just in general, if you're just going to, you know, leave a lesson to people listening, like what are the most important things that you learned? Okay. I think that was a lot of questions. Maybe um, I wanted to say uh, with the, the teachings and, and the star teachings and the teas and, some of those that breath work and chants, those are um, those are things that we kind of have to build the community first. So those are often taught in the community. Um, it's a different kind of layer on top of the teaching. So right now we're trying to build those teas and build that community. And once we have that, then we can receive so much more. 
um, but we don't want to just get stuck on that chant um, and miss the kindness and the compassion and the happiness and the community building because that's an important piece um, with the those chants there um, you know they're like positive and negative like they're working with electricity and um, you can't really just do it just for yourself so it has to be usually at least three um, so hopefully that we can get to, to some of that as, as that continues to build. Um, but that candle exercise is really helpful. It's something that I've done quite a bit, um, having the candle in the dark and just focusing on that, that light and not using, um, or using your kind of peripheral vision, but not looking, not turning your head to look if you see anything. Um, so sometimes I've had some like freaky experiences happen with that. That is a good one. Um, with Shokai, we do have the women's empowerment class on Wednesday. And, you know, when I first, um, we first started teaching that in a way where we called it women's empowerment, um, I was expecting it to be like, you know, we're going to be strong and like, yeah, let's do this women. And, you know, because that's kind of how the classes had been. We're out in the, the woods and the mud and the snow and everything. and and the class, the first one ended up being more on building the inner strength, like the inner light. And so it was like, you know, holding a blanket up for a long, <laughs> long time and um, just kind of like slow, slower movements. And it really taught me a lot about, you know, how do I view empowerment and, you know, what is empowerment? Um, is it like an outward kind of expression or is it something you can cultivate on the inside? How does it change as it, it moves to the, to the outer world? Um, so that I kind of learned a lot about um, and still, you know, still exploring, still learning. Uh, the most that I've learned from those classes and, um, you know, being a, a student and practicing in the class and practicing on my own, I always learn more in the class, um, even as a, as a teacher, because we're interacting with each other. So you can practice your kicks and punches and everything, but really Shokai has taught me a lot about like, you know, how do I react if somebody's in my face or if they're standing too close <laughs> or closer than I would like them. And um, it's more of, of that like uh, I think that's powerful work that we miss a lot and just in our life because we are doing things on our own or doing our own um, practice our own breath work or yoga um, but anything that has that um, interactive you know somebody's doing something you don't always know what they're they're going to be doing but they're in your space how do you respond to that how do you work with that how do you flow with that um, you know, what are you learning from that situation? Those have been the, the most powerful um, teachings and lessons um, for me where I've gotten those. So I think that's all I have. <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate it. So yeah. So anything else that you want to share? Uh, I think I'm shared out for the day. Cool. Yeah. Well, you know, I appreciate you coming on. And like I said, your story is, is um, really incredible. And I think that uh, it's going to be inspiring and it's going to be helpful for a lot of people that might be going through 
a, a situation like that to just know that there is hope, um, especially when, you know, the world that you're supposed to trust, you know, like the doctors and, and if they're not giving you a solution to take the power back in and, and find your own path. So um, just thank you for sharing your story and um, coming on the show today. All right. Well, thanks for having me, Matt. It's good to see you again. <laughs> yeah, you too. Hey, wait, where can people find you if they want to learn more about any of this? Um, I have a website. It's called wildernesswisdomjourneys.com. And so I have most of my stuff on there. Um, yeah, I guess that would be the place to go. Right on. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks everybody for watching. Thank you so much, Jacqueline, for coming on. And we'll see you all in the next episode. <laughs>all right guys that wraps up that incredible story by Jacqueline Olette. I hope that you enjoyed that I hope that um, it inspired you I know that Lyme is a much bigger problem that people realize I just get back to BC and, and it's a problem here it's a problem out east and I guess people don't know what the heck is going on with that so holy smokes that's uh that's intense so for those of you guys who are out there struggling I hope that uh you know that you feel inspired um that this could have helped you in some way because I know that that must be a challenging situation for sure to say the least so um, you know all of my uh, encouragement and support uh, for you to just you know hopefully just keep going and to heal yourself and to find a solution so uh, just a really powerful and and challenging experience and I hope that somehow we can figure out a solution to this Lyme thing um, I know that David Lone Bear has talked about um, some certain technologies that help uh, keep the ticks away um, but we need some help building that stuff and doing the science so uh, check out David Lone Bear Senapass if you're interested in um, what he has to say Native American elder that Jacqueline spoke about that we both um, are trying to support um, you know his elders told him to come here and share this with the non-natives for the first time and we definitely need some support bringing these um, technologies and the science uh, to us and so we just need a little time and a little uh, help to bring them out so anybody wants to help us check out lonebearsarts.com hit me up at mattazanathlete.com that really helps if you want to support the podcast best thing to do is do one act of kindness today if not take the kindness challenge and do three acts for a week um, every single day and just you know let me know you're taking it just go hashtag kindness challenge and encourage your friends to take it worst case scenario you're a good person for a week um, but that's really getting the message also all my you know you can support me on patreon patreon.com forward slash matt belair and that's super super helpful thank you guys so much for that head over to mattbelair.com and sign up for the email list and if you want to get uh, a free lucid dreaming uh, ebook and guided meditation just you know it's forward slash lucid dreaming and you got it right there um so Lots of ways to support if you want, sharing aha moments and all that kind of stuff, telling your friends about it, but just tons of gratitude for you being here. I hope that you have an amazing day. I appreciate you listening very, very much. And before we head out, um, let's just come to a state of peace and coherence wherever you are. So wherever you are in the world, just stop whatever you're doing and just take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath, connecting to your breath into your body and just let that breath out slowly with all the cares all the worries and all the internal dialogue letting that go taking in another deep breath in through your nose holding that breath and just letting it out slowly with all the cares all the worries and all the self-criticisms now just taking in one more deep breath in through the nose holding that breath and just focusing on one thing that you're grateful for just one thing that you're connected to just one thing that you're can remember a confident memory peaceful grateful connected empowered 
and just let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries and just go about the rest of your day being loving and kind and supportive to yourself, supportive to others, remembering that you're connected, that you're worthy, that you're amazing just as you are. So have an amazing day and I will see you in the next episode.